Before we get started, let's pray together. Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your son who you gave because you didn't want heaven without us. Lord, thank you for Jesus. And Lord, I pray that as people come to know your son, as people come to know what it means to follow him, that they would know that to deny you is to deny life. To deny you is to to deny freedom. Lord, that they would be set free, that they would come to know you, and that they would have a life that stretches into eternity with this family, Lord. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Good evening. So if you've been with us for the last couple weeks as we've been approaching Easter, Pastor Ron's been sharing with us out of a series called Surprise. And one of the things I find most surprising about Good Friday is that it's called Good Friday. Have you ever wondered about that? So I grew up Episcopalian, and so we do this week a little different. We add a couple different pieces. We have Ash Wednesday, so you would go and you'd get the ash put on your forehead in the shape of a cross, and you'd have to wear that all day. My mom would always check, you know. And then we have Monday, Thursday. And then we have Good Friday, and I, I always wondered at this, and I wondered if you had somebody who had never heard of Christianity, and you explained to them, oh, this is the day that, you know, the most important person in our faith died, and we call it Good Friday. It's a little confusing. But for a couple reasons, we call it Good Friday. The first of which is that Jesus doesn't stay dead. I hope I didn't kill the tension for your sermon, Pastor Ron, and hopefully you, you knew that and there wasn't a spoiler alert I was supposed to say, but he doesn't stay dead. The other reason that we call it Good Friday is because we're the beneficiaries of this day. God has been planning and working since sin first entered the world to deal with this problem, and that, that solution, and it's a powerful one, is the cross. So this is a good day. It is good that Jesus died, as strange as it is to say that. And the reason that Jesus had to die is because of sin. Now, sin's not a popular topic ever. And and in this day and age where we have a very pluralistic society, where you really can't tell me what you think I do wrong. When we talk about sin on a personal level, people get squeamish and they get uncomfortable and be like, I don't like you telling me what I can and can't do. But if we look at sin less from a subjective and personal standpoint and more how sin has affected the world, things become a bit clearer. Because what's one of the biggest things that people bring up, what we bring up in our moments of doubt with God, say, God, how could you let children starve? I want you to think about why children starve. In a world where 1% of the population of the earth has more wealth than the bottom 50%. It's not that we don't have enough. It's that some have more than enough and some don't have enough to live. But in a perfect world, in a world without sin, there would not be selfishness, there would not be greed, and we wouldn't need to have more than what we need. In a world without sin, we wouldn't have violence like we've experienced over the last couple weeks, attacks in Stockholm, a shooting in San Bernardino, Egyptian Christians unable to go to church for fear of their church blowing up, not to mention all that is going on in Iraq and Syria right now and the horrors that people are going through. 
in a world without sin, in the world that God meant for us to live in, we wouldn't have to worry about those things. But let's bring it a little bit closer to home. Let's think about the aunties, the uncles, the brothers, the fathers that have struggled with addiction. Addiction to alcohol, drugs, pornography, gambling, even addiction to their work. Imagine the fathers they would have been. Imagine the mothers that God meant for them to be if they didn't have those things holding them back. And lastly, imagine if mom could be here tonight if it weren't for cancer. If grandpa could be here if it weren't for Alzheimer's. Because death was not a part of the plan. Death is the final and the worst wage of sin. But sin's been a problem throughout. A lot of times we look at the Bible and we think, maybe in here I'll find some really good people. But if you're looking for good people, the Bible may not be the best place to look, save for, for one. If we look throughout the Bible, it's a lot of people, sometimes in God's name, doing things that you and I would never do. Think about Jacob. Jacob, who ends up becoming named Israel, who's the father of the nation that becomes God's people. But Jacob's name means he who grasps the heel. He's an usurper. He steals his brother's blessing. Moses, who's the most well-known and powerful prophet of the Old Testament, was a murderer. Do you know that? And David, the king of Israel, the man who wrote many of our psalms, the man called a man after God's own heart, took murder to a whole nother level. He saw a woman bathing on a roof and he wanted her, so he, he killed her husband. And then we have Peter, a man who walked on water with Jesus, but when pressured, says he never, he never knew the man out of fear. The Bible's not full of of choir boys, the Bible's not full of perfect people. It's full of broken people. And I'll tell you, in this series that we're talking about surprise, I'll tell you what the most surprising thing about Good Friday is. The most surprising thing about the cross and what Jesus went through, the most surprising thing is who the cross is for. We would expect the cross to be for the the good people, the people that have earned it, the people who can say that they deserve the cross, but it's not true. The cross is for the broken. The cross is for the people no one cares about. The cross is for you and the cross is for me. And we shouldn't be surprised, but we are, because we look in Mark 2, and Jesus is listening to some of the Pharisees saying, why do you spend so much time around sinners? And this is what he says. He told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Let me, let me phrase it this way. Did you know that the cross was just as much for Jacob in that moment when he got his new name. The story of Jacob is that he wrestles with God and he earns the name Israel, which means he who contends with God. But the cross was just as much for him as it was when he stole his brother's blessing. The cross was just as much for Moses, the murderer, as it was for Moses, the deliverer. The cross 
David needed the cross just as much as that stone headed towards Goliath's head in his moment of glory, his moment where he really pointed the glory to God. The cross was with him just as much as those orders went to the front lines to have Uriah killed so he could have his wife. And for Peter, on the day of Pentecost when he preached and 3,000 people came to know Jesus, he was no holier, he was no better. He was no more deserving of the cross than the day he denied Jesus three times when he sold out his friend. And for you, there's never going to be a point where you've come to church enough and you've memorized enough of the Bible and you found this level of Christian enlightenment where you don't need the cross desperately. But on the other side of that is the truth that there's no pit deep enough, there's no sin black enough, there's nothing you can do that the cross won't be right there next to you and ready for you. You need to know that it wasn't that Peter turned around in this moment that we noticed and and joined some sort of 12-step program to earn his way back into salvation. In fact, I'll tell you the moment where Peter's legacy, Peter's destiny, Peter's Eternal salvation was secured, and it was a long time before that moment. And it's when Jesus asked him a question, and I think it's the most important question we can answer, and that question is, who do you say that I am? Jesus says, hey, you know, who do people say that I am? And they give him all these answers, and he looks at Peter, and in Matthew 16, he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, And I love Peter for just saying what he thinks. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. You see, Peter's destiny wasn't cemented, wasn't created in that moment in the courtyard when he denied Jesus. His destiny had been cemented way before when he looked in the eyes of Jesus and he said, I know who you are. You're the son of God. You're the Messiah. We know this about faith because in Romans 10 it says this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. The best part about the gospel, the best part about the cross is that it's not not created, it's not cemented, it's not earned in those courtyard moments. Your destiny and where you're going is cemented in that moment that you look into the eyes of God and you tell him, I know who you are, God. I know who you are. I believe that you were raised from the dead. In a few moments, we're going to go to our time of communion. And we do this every week on Sunday or if you come on Friday on Friday. We do communion every week because we want to remind ourselves of what this night is all about. That we didn't earn our way to righteousness. We didn't earn our way to salvation. It was purchased. And we have the bread to represent his body that was broken for us. We have 
the juice to represent his blood that was spilled so that, so that we could go and we could be with God. And today as we take communion, I want you to ask yourself a question, that most important question, this question that will define how you view the world, how you view yourself, and essentially where you end up, what eternity looks like for you, and that's who do you say he is? We saw so many examples on the stage today. One woman, that woman at the temple, she didn't see Jesus for who he was. She felt righteous in her sinning, right? This woman who was making a mockery of the temple was, felt indignant because she felt like she was in the right, but we know she was in the wrong. And maybe you're like that. Maybe a certain sin you have held onto and you've said, no, I'm right in this. Maybe like the guy over here, maybe you see Jesus as, as just a human being, right? He's like, oh, Jesus is just this cute little boy. Maybe you think, oh, Jesus is a great teacher. He's got a lot of good wisdom. Jesus is either the son of God, he either rose from the dead, or he's a lunatic. You can't pick in between. And maybe like uh, that woman who saw Judas betray Jesus, maybe you've seen a Christian do something that a Christian shouldn't do. Maybe you've seen a pastor do something a pastor shouldn't do. Let me just say, on behalf of Christians, on behalf of Well, I'm just going to say on behalf of Christians, I'm sorry. But don't hold Christ responsible for our mistakes. Because hopefully you're like Peter. And even if you're a beat up Christian, maybe you have made a lot of mistakes, but deep down in your heart, you know he is who he says he is. He's the son of God. He is our high priest who's gone into heaven and who's made a way for us to have relationship with God. At the foot of the cross, we look up, and each day, not just once in our lives, but each day we remind ourselves, he is who he says he is. That's what the gospel is, that we're always in need. In our high moments and in our low, we're always in need of the deliverance of Jesus. So today, as we take communion, as you sit in our chairs, as we listen to the music, let's let's ask ourselves, who do I say he is? Because that's what matters most.